TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. Welcome inside the PGP, the Permission Granted Podcast, the show about the show, the show within the show. This is the podcast about the radio show, and you can always get it on the DA Show podcast feed, but also it has its own podcast feed, search Permission Granted. And it's available inside the free Odyssey app as well. Just like our podcasts are, One Giant Step, Mraz's Giants Pod, Getting Into the Draft. Also, New York Accent, my podcast featuring long-form interviews. That's all available inside the free Odyssey app and everywhere that you get your podcasts. We're going to start with the Decade of DA clip today that we played, You versus Bobby Valentine. Uh, even with Mraz being the guy that produced it. So, you know, the blind squirrel and all that. Uh, we've got James Ward on the controls, who recently announced that he intends to be miserable for a long time. Uh, Jay Berman on the updates, he's already miserable. And Mraz, who who can't be miserable, he's not smart enough to understand why he should be. So it works out well for him. Uh, we've got Bobby Valentine tonight, Mike Piazza's manager with the Mets, when Piazza, of course, is entering the hall this weekend. Uh... uh Bobby is now AD at Sacred Heart, which is a small college in Connecticut, I believe. What what do you think he is doing as the AD of Sacred Heart? You think he is scheduling the girls' soccer match against Quinnipiac? No, he's there for face and name value. He's exactly. not doing anything. So he has agreed to it once. You have called him five times, left a voicemail, texted him, yes. and then emailed and he didn't even reference the fact that he had missed you that first time. 100%, which is, okay, this guy's a weirdo. Fine. But you know what? Now it's the second time he has the email. He's coming on. I call him again. JJ on the air. 7 o'clock promotes him. Once, twice, three times. Nothing. Unreal. At this point, I don't even text him. I don't even leave a voicemail. I don't do anything. I wait until I find out on Thursday that he's agreed to come on with Pharrell on the bench and Scott Pharrell. And he tapes with Pharrell at about... 9.30 at night before his show started the next night on Friday. At this point, I've had it. I've been enraged. I haven't. I wasn't apologized the first time. I, would, I wasn't apologized the second time. He told me not once, not twice that he would come, but twice that he'd come on. So I decided, you know what? 
I am never trusting him to come on a show again in my life, whether it's producing for you or whether hopefully, you know, one day I get to host. I don't want Bobby V anywhere near his show that I'm working on. So I sent him an email hoping I could really stick it to him. Should I read the email? Yes. Hey, Bobby, not sure what the reasons were, (laughs) but saying okay to come on not once but twice and stiffing us both times was pretty unprofessional. Wow. I had thought a lot higher of you, but I guess I was wrong. Wow. If you can't do a radio spot, it isn't a big deal, but just tell the producer so they don't get screwed over by not booking somebody else as a guest instead. Wow. I said, even after not answering your phone Wednesday or Thursday at the scheduled time, you didn't follow up either morning with so much as a quote-unquote sorry. It happened Wednesday, and I gave you the benefit of the doubt, but Thursday, too, question mark. Thanks for nothing. Period. Send. You win. Max, myself, and Joe D are all giving you a round of applause. Standing up. Max is giving you a standing up. Of course, and now, no response. Now, no response from him. It was quickly okay in the phone numbers. Now I get no response. So why do you think he did Pharrell's show? Apparently, he knows Pharrell a little bit. Okay, uh, which is fine. But from what you know, from what I gather, he, you know, he did it, but he, you know, he wasn't his jolly self. What I all it comes down to is this man has no respect for anybody else's time, <laughs> and he said yes, like okay, if I answer, fine, I'll do it. But if I don't. Ah, who cares? Right. And that is so selfish, and you're a pig to do that, the people who work in this industry. Because, again, there are the little guys like me trying to, you know, impress the bosses. Oh, look, I booked Mike Piazza's former manager. And you know what? If I didn't get you, fine. I would have moved on and got another ex-teammate, but I didn't. Because I took your word as its own, and all he cared about it was his self. Why doesn't he go back to Japan and manage the freaking carp and leave the rest of us alone? (laughs) Enough. What a jerk. Nippon ham fighters. Whatever. He's a jerk. You've been trashed. (laughs) Yeah, man. He is going to only do what helps Bobby V. He's he's only that's the thing, man. He is he is so about Bobby V. It's it's insane. Selfish. He's so self indulged. He is so self centered. He is so phony. So far and again. If you couldn't do it, either do what half the guests do when I reach out and don't answer me at all, or say, hey, I'd love to, but I can't a little late. He said yes. You don't say yes if you're not going to do it, and do it twice, and then never apologize. It's the biggest selfish jerk move you could do. Now that we've turned 10 as a network in the DA show here at CBS Sports Radio, turned 10 as well back in January, we're using the year to play back some iconic moments, and I... We have never played the audio that we played on Wednesday's show because it was originally buried by the bosses. I don't even really remember that part of it. I remember how mad you were. The backstory is you had booked Bobby Valentine when I was out and Chris Moore was hosting because Bobby V could talk about Piazza getting into the Hall of Fame that weekend. He blew you off. Then John Jashremski, JJ was filling in for me later in the week. You had rebooked him. He blew you off again. So you went on your screed. You wrote him an e- a mad email. We read the email on the air, and it got back to him at Sacred Heart. Somebody was listening that knew him or whatever and told him that you had called him a pig. <laughs> that was that was the deal breaker. Had you not used that phrase, do you think he would have called up the bosses and tried to get you fired? I think so because – Look, let's be honest. You also said that he does nothing at Sacred Heart. That yeah. was a big part of it. 
But I think that he needed the punchline word that he was going to harp on. What he harped on the most in our meeting, let's put in quotes back there, was that, you know, how dare I call him a pig. But he probably would have focused on something else where how dare you, you know, call him out. You don't know if I could. You know, he could have come up with anything. Emergency, that's why I couldn't come on. But pig, really, for whatever reason, he was really bothered by that word. And even listening back, I I get the lack of professionalism it takes to call somebody a pig. But is it really that offensive to call somebody a selfish pig? I mean, I don't know. Maybe he was just not used to being criticized anymore because he had been retired for a number of years, so he hasn't really... Because if he's a manager, I can't imagine he would have thin skin to where he would call to try to get somebody fired for calling him a name. Yeah, walking back to dugouts after bad bullpen moves. you got to hear much worse in baseball stadiums, especially in New York when he managed the Mets. So I... Look, it, to me, it remains one of the most fascinatingly puzzling moments of my life and career that Bobby Valentine, the former manager of the Mets that won the NL in 2000, I was important enough that he would call my bosses and demand my livelihood be taken from me. Like, that is kind of wacky. And you had to get called back into an, an office to listen to him on a conference call. Oh. Did they... Organize it that day schedule when you came in. Hey, we're going to have Bobby V on the phone so we can get this hashed out. Or did it just, it just happened? Or did they know they were going to bring you in when he was on the phone? My, I, I never actually got confirmation on this because again, I walked in not even knowing that Bobby V had known. It was like I put my bag down. The old one of the old boss at the time said, "Hey, you need to come down to the office." And that's never a good. It was wasn't a good tone, and that's never a good feeling. Uh, and I went back there. The door closes which is another Bad sign. The other boss is sitting there in a chair kind of giving me the look. And I would say the other boss sitting in the chair is usually somebody that was more in my corner. And I said, "Oh, no." And I at that point, I'll be honest with you, I remember still not knowing what it was about because I think it was like a couple days clear. And they said, "You know, we have Bobby Valentine on the line here." And I and I actually think I mumbled the words, "Here we go." <laughs> and they explain their thing. Bobby, you know, you want to talk and let us know what, you know, tell, show him what the deal was. And he goes over his version of events. And I hear him blatantly lying about things. Like blatantly lying about things that I have text proof of that he didn't said he didn't say or, did you know, he didn't do. To the point where I, at that point I actually thought there's a realistic chance I am losing my job. So I'm going down swinging and I'm going to expose you in front of them. And I actually think that. I don't know if they were going to fire me, but it did save me in many ways because they saw Bobby B for the. They said as soon as he hung up the phone, you didn't do anything wrong. You know, just watch. You can't say pig. Don't ever mention Bobby V on the air again, which is how the tapes got. Don't ever play that again. Um, and just as far as Bobby's concerned, you don't exist. He doesn't exist. Was basically how it ended. Because I don't think Bobby really was taking my apology too, because I wasn't really giving him one. I always said was I'm sorry for calling you a pig. But he he was not sorry for anything. So he was trying to play it like he had never guaranteed you anything. There was extenuating circumstances, whatever. I think actually one of his excuses was his phone never rang, or his phone didn't work, or it never rang. Uh, I lied about calling him. He sat there and waited around all night for my call. And I think that's when I also pulled up my cell phone, and you could see like um, my text where I said, "Hey, we're calling from the hotline. You you aren't answering." Like I think I was doing that in real time. So that was my rebuttal back. Well, you clearly were able to text me back all these things. How come you didn't answer that when I called you if supposedly your phone was ringing? Because he didn't ignore that. And that was like another big smoking gun that he was lying. So it was like that thing. Like kind of these little things are like remembering now. I'm bringing back up. I had him dead to rights. And so did they 
offer you a chance to explain your side or he was going off on you and lying and you just blurted out, hey, I got the text messages. Here's what you texted me. I never got like a formal, this is my version of events. He was going. I sat there and said, that's not what happened. That's not what happened. Here, you know, here's what I'm reading with the text. And then I got like a bunch of like hands, like just calm down. They kind of let him blow off his steam. Uh, And it kind of ended with, I think I had to say I was sorry for calling him a pig, which is just a funny sentence. Yeah. He would not apologize for anything. Um, and then basically was talking about his relationship with the company and the station that, you know, take care of him or I'm not taking care of you guys anymore. In other words, but he hung up the phone, I think, thinking I was going to lose my job. Still, even after that apology. He was, I don't care. He was a bad guy. Not a good guy. Screw him. I still feel that way. He hung up the phone thinking you might be canned or you were canned. And so that's why the bosses wanted to make sure you just laid low and stayed quiet so that he could pretend that he had gotten you fired. Right. He feels like he, the old, let him feel like he won something, you know, I basically go back, work your evening producing job and just, you know, neither seen nor heard from. Um, and really it wasn't until like two or three years later that I was even given the opportunity to host on the air after that. It was like. I think I might have been benched for a little bit. I think I might have been riding up a little bit. Really? I, I thought I was kind of doing a good job with you when I was, I had, I remember sending demos at that time. And I, you know, I basically was your producer at night with the DA show. And that's all you're going to do kind of deal for, I think two years. And I think that, I think they were afraid of exposing me a little bit. They didn't want Bobby V knowing I was climbing in it. Do you think it was, they were scared that he would know that you were not punished or fired or do you think it was that they were worried you might say something else like that and they could get in hot water again? I do think that what's called the main boss at the time was afraid if I was willing to call Bobby V a pig as a 29, 30-year-old kid, what maybe I do need to mature a little bit. You know, I am not in a position career-wise to be calling anybody a pig. So it could have been a combination of maybe in reality, is Bobby V going to notice I'm on the air? No, but at the same time, I, you know, let's calm down with how much Marez is climbing a ladder here. So that was seven years ago. That was the summer of 2016. Yeah, people will never forget. And now he is one of the band names of the show. We always kind of forget what the official list is. He's definitely on it. Richard Justice, baseball writer, certainly on it. Yeah. Because he once upon a time told... Joe DeLuisio. Joe DeLuisio, who had booked him. I don't wait for anybody, or I'm not waiting through this. I could close my eyes, and I know I'm helping my dad with the pool filter using a summer day off when Joe called me to tell me that it happened. That is just still remarkable. Yeah. We had had him booked, let's just say, for 8.20 at night, and at 8.20 coming back from break, I did about 90 seconds on the Warriors at that time, and they were red hot in the playoffs or something like that. And he hung up during my 90 seconds on the Warriors, and... He, when Joe called him back and said, I think you got disconnected, you know, we'll, we'll get you on with DA. He's like, don't bother. I don't wait. You're yeah, why, I don't, don't wait. And don't I don't keep do, me waiting. And I don't do a basketball lead in when you're doing a baseball spot. He was trying to produce how you should lead into his spot. Yeah, don't do basketball ahead of my spot or something. We were like, wow. And by the way, we've noticed baseball writers in general. Justice might have been the worst. There's something there with baseball writers. Very prickly. Yes. Very entitled. So he's banned. Of course, he who shall not be named is banned. And they're a fringe. Oh, Joey Chestnut. Oh, not, Joey Chestnut. We never have That's on. the official four. That's the official That's the four. Mount Rushmore. Right. Now, Jack Kane, Art Garfunkel, not banned, but may have banned our show, if that makes sense. Yeah, they would never properly appear on the show again, but we didn't ban them. Right. They banned our show. Right. Exactly. They just refused We're on to come their on. their band list. Yeah. 
Yeah. So that's a great one. That's just a great one. So Art Garfunkel. Yeah. Didn't we had even... Art Garfunkel on a football Friday. <laughs> we never have rock legends on or music legends on. We just happen to have them on and did not like my line of questioning. So that brings us to having Bogues back. Of course we love having Bogues back. I mean, it just, it's, the, the show is seamless. It's fun. It's funny. He's great. But he also, timing-wise, nailed it because we were so fed up with shorts <laughs> that anybody today would have been a conquering hero. Bogus comes back after 10 days in Ireland, and we're like, thank God. What was it you think about the shorts appearances? Too many at once. I think we've—I want to make this very—because I, I almost feel uncomfortable. We genuinely like Peter Schwartz, the person— we like that he does kind of embrace what we make fun of with him. But even with that, sometimes Schwartz can't help himself in realizing what the audience wants to hear and what's relevant. And I think it becomes, I think tiring is the word. It's just, mm-hmm. all right, okay, we're doing this again three times while Bogus was out. And it's the same thing, and it's just... I don't know. It's like how many of the same, you know, episode of a show can you watch time in and time out? You got to put that, you know, old VHS on the shelf and then a couple months we'll dust it off, blow it, put it back in and we'll be in the mood for it again. I don't I don't think we don't want Schwartz ever again, but No. You just we need a break. It was Schwartz overload, you think? Yeah, that's it. It, it was just too much. You don't really get a Caserta overload. You don't get a Lepresti overload, but there does become there's Schwartz fatigue for sure. <laughs> so there is. He's getting a lot of shifts, though, around here. Seems like everybody must be out all the time because I see him around the office every day. He's back yeah. today. Yeah, and prominent shifts, too. I mean, you want to talk about falling backwards. Yeah, now I just heard him, too, mumble to one of the bosses, need a word with you. He, he feels big about himself. Is that right? He does, yeah. I mean, she, he's, on, he's on a high horse, getting he, vendors. He, and he took a run at Jack Stern over the, the week. And see, that's where Schwartz still helps himself. Because he knows, even if to avoid being an enemy of the show, I need to go overboard on crushing the other enemies of the show. Oh, good one. He did it with Shep, and now he's starting to feel like, okay, Shep's not really an enemy of the show. Let me pivot. They do a lot of anti-Jack stuff. Not only am I anti-Jack, I'm more anti-Jack than any of them. And that's the way to keep the, the fans on his side and, uh, I think, us on the side. It's really... It's well done politics by Schwartz. I yeah, I didn't even think about it in that way. But you're right. If you want to avoid being the enemy, find somebody else to be the enemy, or or at least find yeah, not somebody random. It's got to be somebody that he knows is also and what what's like the- if like if Jack Stern jumped in with us. See, I don't even think Jack has this right. And was just like, can you believe these updates with Schwartz? Oh, enough with the ranch dressing. We might get a kick out of it and laugh and go, you know, Jack, you're not wrong there. Right. So Pete threw first. He was right. And now we're all Team Pete on that. They say the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yes. So that's what Pete is trying to do. Make sure that he's an enemy of Jack. Yeah. Which will always make him a friend of us. It's that. That's right. That's how you build the allies. <laughs> it's, it's great politics by Schwartz. It absolutely is. <laughs> We played the clip of of Jack saying that he hates initials. I don't. I forget what his reasoning was. I don't call anybody by initials. I think it's he stupid it and egotistical or something. Right. Yeah. I'm going to call you by your name. That pisses me off. I think he said. Happened last Friday, by the way. So it's been in the hopper for a couple of days. 
So we are all in agreement that that was a direct shot at me. It couldn't have been coincidental and he just didn't think about me. No. I must be in the category. And look, this is where I think he knows what he's doing. He knew it would get back to us. And ironically, none of us, I think, heard it. I don't think you heard that live, right? No. Yeah, I didn't either. It was Pete, the body who was off with Days to Burn that heard it live that alerted us to this. And Pete, by the way, also did a follow-up with me yesterday. He said, you still have to pull the jack audio. And he, he knew. He wanted to get your thoughts on it. But I think that ultimately, it's too coincidental. You had the initial thing with Francesa. That was a big deal. You're telling me that Jack Stern is that oblivious working on a show, by the way, that was just following the DA show to take a run and have this big take on initials? There's no way that's coincidence. You- and you've also tried to have nice conversations with him saying, hey, do you see what you're doing wrong? And he's been very resistant to that. So maybe you're a thorn in his side. So does he not like Jr.? Ooh, I hadn't even the cross. I mean, you know, I'll I don't say- even know Jr.'s real name. I only know him as Jr. I'm gonna say something now that you say that. I'll give you a little peel back the curtain, Detective Milkshake, because I've referenced a couple times on the air now that I had the conversation with Jack, where he told me he was really upset about the porn star. He played <laughs> dumb about like, do you know the bit? He's upset that a porn star, his favorite one, got married. Got married. So, with that, Jack did admit to me, and this is because there's a long list of everything Jack said, that after that quip, JR basically buried him and didn't let him put his mic on the rest of the show. Now, I don't know if JR actually said that, but he, like, would cut off Jack or not throw to Jack. And Jack basically told me, he goes, JR didn't like that. I could tell he didn't like that. I basically was not allowed on the air the rest of the show or anything. Like, that was it for me. So, I wonder if that also was in the back of his mind. Now, the two hosts where he might have thought spurned by DA and JR both have initials and therefore working with Bart Winkler, not BW, <laughs> led him, you know what, perfect shot to take a shot at these guys. Jack's smarter than he gives off. You think Definitely. so? I think so. I think he has his weird tendencies, as do most people. I think by nature he's a quirky guy. I think he's a very defensive guy that gets a lot wrong, as we know. But I think ultimately in the chess game of things, he knows what he's doing in the radio world. Okay. Well, I wish him the best. I wish him I wish him great luck. Very high roadie by you, huh? Yeah, I mean what? I don't know. We played the audio. I know, but you sat there, you smiled. Well, you, you actually said on the air, I don't know why we're playing this. <laughs> Which I guess is a shot at him. Well, it was exactly as you said. Um What did you say? <laughs> 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 on the air? Or just yeah, now? yeah, no. On the air, you said something after we played it in it. Oh, you said, hey, if we're going to drag him on the air, then he's allowed to shoot back. And that's absolutely right. I agree with that. If every day or every sound check or every whatever, we talk about how much everybody's annoyed by Jack. Let's go, Jack. And I can do that You're dance right. and the whole thing. And Schwartz can come on the show and trash him relentlessly and say, I'm not showing up to Bob's bar if he's there, all that. Then. Fair game is fair game. I can't get personal because he took a shot at me. Now, it would be funnier if he actually said it was me instead of kind of this vagary of about initials. See, I disagree. I'm not pro-Jack, but I like this approach if this is indeed what he did. You do. I like, I'm a fan of subtleties, and I like the subtle, because not maybe not everybody listening to the Bart Winkler and for Bill Ryder show listens to our show. Sure. So maybe that would be like too like weirdy into like, wait, what's going on? Why does he not like DA? So okay. it's one of those... 
if you know, you know, okay. wink moments. And I like that. I appreciate that. Because if you're just listening and you don't know, you're like, oh, this guy's weird. He's talking about Justin Bieber's initials. But if you do know and you listen to it, you're like, oh, okay, Jack, <laughs> okay. I see you. I, I like it that way. I would really like to ask him directly, do you mean this about JR as well? He would, wouldn't give you a straight answer. I didn't mean that. I didn't even think of you, Damon, when you did that. Well, Plus, I call you Damon anyway. I would ask him, what do you think about JR? Because... If he dislikes me, that's one thing. That's understandable. But he shouldn't like JR, dislike JR. JR's given him opportunities to actually talk on the air. Unless he dislikes him for that being benched that night. But what, he's going to suddenly say, I hate initials just the, the moment that he doesn't get a microphone on JR's show? Unless he went home that night thinking, I already couldn't stand the DA, but now it's JR too. And in his mind, it just sits there and these freaking initial guys. They don't <laughs> like me. They're not giving me chances. I, you know, look, I, 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 I've killed Pete for this, too. This is part of my reason I always beef with Pete. I'm like, Pete, you want to throw shots at me? The moment we make fun of you, get all sensitive about it. I appreciate Bilotti, Jack. Yeah, Bilotti. The Jack Stern stuff, I appreciate this. Yeah, look, if if he if he can take it, he's allowed to dish it. If he dishes it, he needs to be able to take it. If I dish it, i got to be able to take it. That's the way this whole thing works. But I, I was a little surprised that Schwartz was so anti-Jack. I mean, we kind of poke fun at Jack, but we don't hate him. I mean, he's, he's a nice enough kid. He wow. just he's got he's got funny tendencies. But I think Schwartz really actively dislikes him. And ironically, apparently it starts with how Jack called Peter Schwartz Schwartz. So there's something there right. with Jack Stern in names. He doesn't like initials. He didn't remember he didn't like my nickname, so he changed it on his own. He calls Schwartz Schwartz. Schwartz doesn't like that he's addressing him as dad, it's not Peter. At its core, <laughs> there's a lot of odd friction when it comes to Jack Stern and what he calls people. And that, and but Schwartz, for some reason, this is where I'm actually pro Jack again. Schwartz, everybody here is calling you Schwartz. Nobody calls you Peter because Pete. There's a million Petes that work around the office. I would just, I would offer this to the court. No, nobody th- thinks that Jack is a bad guy. We like Jack. He's 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 a character on radio, and we're all a bunch of characters in some way. I'm sure some of this is just cartoonish stick, etc. But I, there is one smoking gun. The only friction at the radio station is about Jack. Yeah. It's about Jack's relationship with people. Nobody else dislikes anybody. Nobody. I think the problem. Well, I shouldn't say that. A maybe. lot of people dislike people, but nobody collectively dislikes the same person <laughs> the way Jack does. And I think it's for different reasons. Number one, I think there are some people that feel oddly estranged out by him where it's like, what did he? What did he just say? What the, like, there's just like some strange. Like he just has strange conversations. Then there's the other part of it where I don't think people respect and like people that when they are wrong about something or flat out don't know something, fight fire with fire and pretend that we are the ones that have it wrong. Which is just happened a lot of times with Jack with other people besides our show. Either factual stuff with sports or like. I don't know, just, you know, pretending he is something, getting called on it, and then fighting out of it, the Jets chant. Um, <laughs> there was a thing in the playoffs, he, he portrayed himself as a big Ranger fan, kept calling himself calling them the Rags, which is like a disrespectful nickname. It just He comes across as somebody that doesn't really know a lot about sports in a world that we're all supposed to be like sports-obsessed fans while portraying that he's the most knowledgeable about sports. And I think that at its core bothers people mm, here. I could see that. I didn't know that Rangers thing. What that's a derogatory term for the Rangers. If you call the Rangers the rags, it's like an Islanders, Flyers, like they're just like the dish rags. They're like 
it's a way to, you know, the Rangers thing. So that's like a, when they're references that, it's somebody who's anti-Ranger. And he portrayed himself as a big Ranger fan and kept saying, like, what a win for our rags. And and it was like, whoa. Even Zach Gelb at the time on the air, I remember that list. You're like, dude, do you understand? He goes, no, it's just a nickname they have. Like, again, like not acknowledging he might have had that one wrong. <laughs> oh, God. All right, now we wrap up with this. You're having a colonoscopy tomorrow. It comes around noon. The process is going to take a few hours. They say you're going to be able to eat around 2 o'clock or 3 o'clock when you get picked up from the hospital. Yeah. It is right now 10.41 Eastern time. You have not been supposed to eat since breakfast this morning, 5 o'clock. You did have yourself a little bit of cookies because you couldn't take it anymore. Lauren and Dune cookie during yeah. the show. Where's your mind at? Well, before the last 10 seconds, I was actually doing well. I think the PGP this last hour has really helped me, and I think oh, that my good. thought process of like being distracted has helped. Now that you just kind of slowed it down into that monotone thing, we've stopped talking, I could feel my hunger, pains. They're, I'm probably not even as hungry as I think. It's just like I think I'm that hungry. But, look, I'm going to go through waves. There are going to be waves where I got this and waves where I want to curl up into a corner. So uh, we're going to be wrapping this PGP soon. I'm going to edit it. I'm going to post it. I'm going to listen to some kind of podcast or something on the way home, maybe this podcast, keep me distracted. And then I'm going to try to divvy up a combination of sleep and lawn cutting until uh, I can get to the hospital tomorrow. On the show today, to tease you, Bilotti played your long marathon order from Wendy's. And during it, you were sniffing your sneaker and just groaning. Oh, oh. Yeah, yep, oh. yep, yep. Were you, like, having... Well, hunger pains there? Yeah, so I was starving, and again, I was telling you, that, like, honestly, my shoe smells bad. I don't really have stinky feet normally, but I've been using these at the gym or whatnot. So they just have, like, a sweat stink to them. So I was just trying to breathe it in to fight back on being <laughs> hearing. Like, of course, you hear Asiago Ranch Chicken Club. My mind goes into right what it tastes like. So if I kick that back with smelling my shoe, okay. it's got to be a defense mechanism. I might have to sniff dirty underwear tonight. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure at some point the shoe loses a little luster. I, to the, actually, I think this is worse than everybody says when you start drinking that drink at night and then, like, you have really, you know, your problems coming out the back end or a disaster. I think I'm looking more forward to that. A, distraction. B, I feel like the thickness of that drink might make me less hungry. I think it's right now dealing with the idea of not eating. Yeah, and somebody tweeted in today that that actually will be easier for you because you'll be kind of nauseous from doing all that constantly or taking that shake. So you yeah. won't really be hungry or be wanting to eat anything. Right. So it's going to be hell, but I think it's a better hell than I'm in now. I would think so. I think being really hungry is the worst sensation to long for. I mean, I guess being thirsty, you need water more than food. Yeah. But but it could but actually can mess with me chemically in the brain if I'm not eating. I just get in a foul mood. But I did do a little research and it says upon coming out of it, you are supposed to still take it a little slow, maybe some toast or something because that's your body is essentially as clean as a whistle inside. Yeah. I got to be news for you. You know, I don't eat that long. I don't think the first thing I'm doing is popping some bread in the toaster here. You know, <laughs> this could be a Chipotle burrito bowl on the way home, which, again, is probably why I should be working from home Friday morning. Well, we don't have to get too graphic here, but we can be a little bit more descriptive than, we, PGP, sure. than we could be on the radio. The idea here is that the colonoscopy is that you're going to bend over. They're going to put, I guess... <laughs> A mechanism, a camera up there, yeah. and they're going to poke around to I'll see. I'll just talk to Cap about exactly how that works. <laughs> it's going to be a long, it's a long, I'm sure, kind of like. 
It's like a snake you'd put in the toilet, but for the body. Yeah, I was going to say it's like a pipe cleaner, but yes, okay. So you're going in there. There's a little camera. They're going to poke around a little bit. Probably you got a finger in there as well God. to open things up a little bit is my guess. I don't know. I guess it'll be pleasurable at least. But they want it as clear as possible in there so that there's no blockages, sight lines. They, they don't want any. Including color. They were very big even on the liquids. No red, no purple, stuff like that. Right. So no dairy, no milk. It's like having an obscured view seat at obstructive view seat at Fenway. You don't want anything in front of your view of the Yeah. So you'll go let's see, uh, about fourteen hours or so without supposed to having having eaten anything. Then you'll take your shake and then flush the rest of it out. Yeah, and it's like a couple cup every twenty minutes or something they told me. So I guess it's like the momentum starts building. What do you think it feels like to be completely emptied? Because we've all have some level of waste, I'm sure, inside our body yeah. at all times. You always have food in your body that you're digesting or something in your colon, I'm guessing. Here's the shetty part about this. Uh-huh. It probably should feel amazing. Like, wow, I feel really light and clean and yeah. like moving. But you're probably so weak from the actions it took right. to cause that that you don't appreciate that feeling. So my guess is you should probably feel very lethargic and tired while being empty, but you don't get the benefits of like that clean feeling. You know, there are certain religions that have fasting. Ramadan is a fast. Yeah. But none of those fastings include fasting and then taking something to cleanse as much as possible. Exactly. It's like double-ended. I mean, I, I'm sure that there's some processes here that people do digestive cleansing like this, but this is both ends. You're not eating anything, and then you're taking the liquid, and you're flushing everything for more than 24 hours. So that's <sighs> that's going to be a dramatic thing for you. I'm very interested in... Are you? Are you, you interested? I'm interested in how... I'll make sure we FaceTime at about 8 p.m. <laughs> I'll let you know how it's going. If you're so interested... The consistency is interesting. How does it start? How does it end? The frequency is interesting. Well, the colors are interesting, as I, you're talking about. So I am actually interested in this, too, and I'm glad you brought this up because I wasn't. And I had Carlo with a K, actually. This Here's what I'm interested about. When does it stop? At what point do you know you're clean? Yeah. You know what I mean? I guess when it just stops going. Yeah, like because you're going to take that. At some point, I'm going to finish all the, the milligrams of that. Yeah. Crap mixed and with whatever. The, at the moment that you stop having to run to the bathroom. Will there be a moment I know uh, I'm done here? Like, there's nothing no, left to so. have. I don't think so. Because we've all had, like, stomach viruses where you throw up yeah. or whatever, and then you're like, how do I still have stuff in me, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. Am I going to hit that point where I'm like, are you kidding me? And we made the jokes. Like, am I really going to see, you know, the Hands Brentwood chicken sandwich from 94 in there? Exactly, because we all have impacted waste somewhere in our system that probably is yeah. there for a while. It's very difficult to totally cleanse yeah, everything. Some, you know, the Pop-Tarts coming down is waving high to the General Sal's that got stuck there next to your, your liver. And it goes back and forth yeah. and back and forth. And so there's a lot of crooks and crannies that a lot of things get caught in, a lot of bends in, in, yeah. in the road. So I don't know. I'm, I I am fascinated to see how this goes because it's 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 dramatic on your body. Yeah, and I got to do this on my own too. I've already uh, my wife's already sent me the picture. The sheets have been put down on the couch downstairs. There's a separate bathroom. She doesn't want to be woken up all night. Just I'm staying away from the whole family down there tonight. Nobody wants to hear my noises or smell my smells. I just don't know how you're going to get through dinner time of theirs. The 7 o'clock window when they eat or 6 o'clock. Yeah, that's going to be tough. There's no doubt about it. Now, that is around the time I'm supposed to start my process of downing that. So that might be the time I say goodnight to everybody and I head downstairs.
Um, because from what I understand, it comes fast and furious, and is, you know you may not want to walk back upstairs because you know something could fall out. <laughs> now you're going to take off tomorrow. Obviously, you'll have the colonoscopy, and then you'll do the show from home on Friday. We'll have to get the full report card Friday morning. Yeah, and you know what? Not for nothing. Also, with Pete with days to burn, I could burn Friday. <laughs> you could. I could burn. And it would be understandable. But I, you know, I feel like I should be here. It's a Friday. The playoffs are going on. So I, you know, hey, we get, we have the ability to do this show from home and I'm doing it. I just want that to be known. Whenever we make jokes about hard hat guys, just remember, I once pooped myself <laughs> on the air. This, I'm going to be putting new food into my body. I might still have remnants of it. And I'm still going to put on a microphone and edit an epic fail and work on Friday. So days to burn. My ass is going to burn. <laughs> Screw you, Pete. Well, do you think it's time for all of us to take that new attitude of Pete's and just days to burn that we're just, let's just get more flippant with just, yeah, I'm taking this day off, taking that day off. You don't know this, but it's a perfect segue to side B because at the end of side B, I will tackle this. And whether it was in the back of Bogus's mind as he extended his Ireland trip into a week number two, knowing that the czar of days off has told us he has days to burn, but maybe you're right. If we're supposed to follow our leader, right? If the leader of days off is telling us he's got days to burn in March, why? Why am I doing this? I'm sure Pat Boyle could have worked Friday. I was thinking about how this quote will follow Pete for the rest of his life, and I was trying to think of other similar quotes. And the the closest thing I could find, I could think Lou Gehrig. Of. Today, I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. That's good, but I was thinking more Richard Nixon. I am not a crook. Okay, that's also good. You know, more negative like that. You'll never think of anything else with Richard Nixon besides, I am not a crook. Yeah, you're right. It's Palmero at Congress. You're right. All but there's the- not a direct quote from Palmero. That's true. The finger is what we always go yeah. to. It's the finger wave. You're right. This is a direct quote. When Pete retires or we're done, we will always remember, I've got days to burn. I don't even remember anything Pete's said other than that. <laughs> I've got days to burn. Again, we talked about this last week at the PGP, I think. But maybe it was on the air but that it is such an inflammatory, literally and figuratively, word to use about things that we all fret over, that we all worry about, that we all harshly consider with our spouses, our loved ones, our airline travel, our this, our that. We're here. We we are all so consumed by not being frivolous with days off. Yeah, my work would have loaded my pants Friday. Yeah. (laughs) And we are all consumed by not being frivolous with days off to hear the phrase, I've got days to burn. It's like listening to a millionaire say, or a billionaire, I've got money to burn. Right. All yeah. of us pay so much attention to all of our finances, and here's somebody going like, you can light this on fire, it doesn't change my yeah. life. Yeah, the, com- the company doesn't check my days. They gave me too many. I, I don't know what to do with all my days. I'm just going to take random days off in March. How could I use all these days I've been given? You guys sweat out your days off. It'll never be forgotten. It'll last forever. It will. And the newsroom has talked about that quote. And it, it really will hurt Pete down the line because when it comes time for the holidays and people, you know, giving their days off, hey, I'm going to take this day around Thanksgiving or whatever, if he pushes back on anybody, hey, you know, you're only giving me two weeks notice, not four. I think the proper response to Pete is, sorry, Pete, didn't know what to do. I have days to burn. And I think that's the ending argument. And it's going to create more work for Pete down the line. I really do. Or if he starts nickel and diamond people on how many days off they have. Yeah, you sure you have that many left? What do you mean? I thought you had days to burn in March. I haven't seen you in a while. Yeah, so it's a tough one. Tough pill to swallow. You gotta, your words can come back to haunt you. 
Like, like Colin Bobby V. That's right. That's right. There's a price to be paid. Well, it's nearly 11 o'clock Eastern time. Mraz has to make it 24 hours plus from this, great. from this moment of not eating. How will that go? Find out on the next installment of... <laughs> Boger said we needed a nickname for this, something that rhymes with marathon, or I couldn't come up with anything. What? Tracking how long it was going to take. Oh. Tracking your status throughout this fast. Hmm. The semicolon? Yeah, I thought about that, but that doesn't really make sense in terms of what you're trying to do. Because hmm. there's nothing semi about it. This is full That's on. This is true. This is true. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Some kind of cleanse word, some kind of sprint word. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. That's side A. Here's Bogues on side B. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. How did do 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 It is Mraz here on Side B. How are you? Andrew Bogish, back from the island of Ireland. How are yeah. you, Bogues? Yeah, that's definitely uh, how it's pronounced over there. Uh, I'm doing really well. And speaking of do 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 do, yeah, the next 28 hours for you might be my favorite Sean storyline of all time. Yeah, but you know what? I'm a I'm a champion. I'm gonna battle Clearly. through. Professional. Uh, yeah, and I'm gonna handle my business before my big colonoscopy, or as DA called it, a colonoscopy. Yeah, that's definitely not an alternate pronunciation. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, let's start off with this, Bogues. Yeah. Show-wise, did you see anything at all from the show over basically the 10 days you were gone? I, I did see a couple of things. I will say this. Um, the the time difference, five hours ahead of New York, is a really good time for the show. Afternoon drive. Or middays, really. I mean, yeah. I, I kind of wish the show was normally 11 to 3. 11 to 3, okay. That's, that's a, the time, yeah. That's a good that's a good window. We're not getting up super early. 
You get home theoretically in time for dinner or lunch number two. You can maybe get to baseball yeah. practice, take the daughter to dance recital or dance. So you'd class. see us on Twitter from eleven to three or yeah. something. Yeah. So I saw I saw a couple of concerta. I saw these singing. I saw the uh, crash test okay, dummies singing. That was a big topic. Yep. I saw some Schwartz isms. I definitely yeah. got some tweets of "Don't come back" or "Come back quick." So I was I was somewhat in tune with what was going on here. So of all the things that I'm going to bring to you, I think the biggest centers around a job you do, and that is Stun to a News. Chris Lepresti was in last Wednesday, so a week ago, along with our friend, the Gidget of Gadgets, Katie Linendahl, who was back in studio, and she obviously was very sorry she missed you. Chris and her had never met. As one tends to do when filling in for Bogus, Stun to a News becomes a big deal. It's your chance to shine, right? Yeah. I'm going to come up with a story. Sometimes they run it by us. Chris Lepresti's story he came up with was a woman is diagnosed with having two, I'll just say vaginas. Okay. Pete allowed us to say that word on the air once. Okay. okay. And she uses one for pleasure with her husband and one for making money, if you were, build business. She has like an OnlyFans account. Wow. Something like that. Okay. We wait to do some news for Katie to be in studio. (laughs) And this is the story. So no, not like dead corpse left on, you know, son's couch for a week, you know, the walrus yeah. washing up on uh, the shores of England, although sure. that got a little naughty. It did. You know all the stuns you've done. Your thoughts and your approach if somebody had given you that stun and Katie being in studio first. I mean, my first thought would just have been Pete, that Pete would not have survived that story. And I've I've definitely been suggested some really crude things by our great listeners. Okay. And oftentimes my response is Pete would not allow this. So I don't even think I would have gotten to Katie. You would have cared more about Pete's reaction. Yes. Are you surprised Pete allowed us to say the V word on the air? Uh, I'm surprised that he allowed the story to go on the air. I'm not surprised he put a cap on mentioning the V word. So it was one of those things. So full disclosure, when you're out, because you usually keep track of the stun to a news done because they're your your gimmick. The host, for the most part, Caserta, Schwartz, or the the anchors, um, Lepresti will swing the door open to the little room me and Peter in and say, hey, did anybody do this for Stun to a News? And usually, like, Schwartz will come and, hey, there's a squirrel stuck in a grate in Germany. <laughs> Which, actually, I almost used today. Yeah, that was, okay, <laughs> Pete, that's fine. And there are times where, like, we might be mid, I might be mid-pulling sound, where it's just like, you listen to it, but you don't process it, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. So Lepresti did tell me and Pete, that's the dirty little suit, came in, hey, you guys do the story on the one with the two vaginas women? And Pete, I remember Pete laughing. I remember laughing, knowing that's so wild. No, we didn't do it. But I didn't, like, think about, like, how do you talk about it on the air? Yeah. Nor the fact that we were going to do it. It was before Katie walked in the building. Yeah, yeah, Chris. So he sends the story, and me, DA, and Pete all click on this. As he starts to read it, we realize Katie's there. How do we do this? And DA basically calls a timeout and wants to clear with Pete that it's okay on the air. But anyway, it leads to him doing the story, and Katie is sitting there instead of reacting dumbfounded. Jaw dropped on the ground. And obviously, anybody listening, this is more for Bogus's reaction because you guys might have obviously were a part of this last week. And she looks at Chris on the air and goes, dude, I've never met you before, and this is the story you come up with? The chick with two boxes? <laughs> Which just leads to this insane, can you believe Katie just said that? Can you believe Katie just said that? Yeah. So this is something that we have not dissected enough. We know a lot about Katie Linendahl. Yeah. We know about tech guru, convention host, TV star, now 
country music singer yeah. or Christian. I don't know what how she prefers to be labeled. But every once in a while, she just rolls out these little little nuggets of how extra cool she might be that we don't normally see when she's on the Weather Channel, yeah. the Today Show, the big tech convention in Vegas, or on our show. We need, like, off the air, beers, wine, whatever she likes. We need a night of unfiltered, relaxed, in her element, Katie Lindendahl. Well, Katie right now plans on coming to the Bob's Bar Show. Look out. So we maybe, if we get some extra time with Katie. By noon on Friday, that Friday, look out. Now, uh, real quickly to end that, I, I did bring up this thought on the air. When coming to the end of the year, when we eventually get there, that was pulled as a 12 days of Christmas candidate. We are very fearful that that moment could get punished by you just being forgetful or rolling over because you weren't here. <laughs> and thus the vote. Remember, the votes were a big controversy this past 12 I days know. of Christmas. I did bring up that one could suffer based on you not being here. So I actually think if I'm remembering my mistakes in the past, it's the ones that I thought I remembered that I maybe didn't pay enough attention to, the ones that I needed to be reminded of maybe have done better. So huh. I think I'll have to, I, I have not, I did not know that happened until you told me today. It does sound intriguing so to listen I to. I missed it live last yeah. week. So I'm like, there's no way I'm not going to listen to this again to, fa- to have an actual okay. vote on it to close the year. So I don't think that's a concern. Now, the other concern we had is, and we did the math, we are, as you know, we love to joke around about days off. Use your days off when you want. I don't think that there has been a person in DA show history that's taken a full week off and then bled in two days into another week until you in Ireland. Okay. Which is fine. You're taking your family on a wonderful, maybe once-in-a-lifetime vacation. But we did ask, with seven days used off, this following Pete the Body who handles days off saying on his own days off, I have days to burn. Yeah. Do you feel less pressure and anxiety about using that many vacation days knowing the czar of days off himself is saying I have days to burn in March? Well, for accounting purposes, I did miss seven days, but I only technically used five vacation days. Oh. It was one day because I we all worked on President's Day, which is a company holiday. So instead of being off that day, we can shift those hours to a different day off. So that was one of the two remaining and the other is we have personal days which you're most likely or most suggested you use for religious holidays that are not on our holiday calendar so I use one of those for Easter now was I not celebrating Easter in America yes and I was already on a trip so for accounting purposes five vacation days one personal day one holiday one banked comp day okay so I don't have days to burn. I, there was a, Somebody tweeted me about that while I was gone, and there's a big difference between me going on a 7-9 vacation to Bilotti just taking back-to-back Fridays and Mondays off because he has days to burn. Oh, we agree. That's not the same thing. We agree, but we do wonder now if everybody, now that Pete is on the record of saying days to burn on his own days, if more people are like, you know what, I'm not even going to think twice about this extra day now. You know, maybe I will make my vacation a little longer. And not to go too far behind the curtain here, but there's all sorts of, we're all playing on different fields when it comes to vacation days. Like Pete, who's technically an off-air person, he, I think, has unlimited days until it gets to a point where it's 
obscene and the boss calls him on Sick it. Sick days, I think. No, like people are like, like regular office people, like sales and marketing. Oh, really? It's like, I forget what the fancy HR term for it is, but as long as your work is done and you're not falling behind, you have like infinity days off. Oh, interesting. Now, I think the caveat is you're supposed to be always reachable. You can't be like, I'm going to Greece for nine days, yeah. leave me alone. You can go for nine days. But those but you, are vacations. But you got to check email right. and stuff oh, like gotcha. that. You okay. can't be just gone off the grid. So, like, I think that's where Pete works from you and I and DA as on-air people in a different union we actually have a capped number now yours is different from mine and DA probably right. has more than both of us but so we're we're working from like different setups here interesting and plus you know Pete's nice and David Marinick is nice and if we need a day that you don't necessarily yeah, have they could look the other way yeah or you know maybe I'll work on Black Friday or whatever make up for it so there's all yeah. different ways to configure things mm. we've been here 11 years we know how to game the system sure more discreetly than Pete look I just had to throw it out there I don't know if Pete had opened the floodgates with that comment and then you followed up with a, quite a few days he off, opened that's... up different floodgates okay yeah well, we better get out of here before my floodgates open mm. on this colonoscopy prep. How about that for a tie-in? Love it. All right. Where can we get you on Twitter, Bogues? At Food is Delicious. You, you can follow me at Screw You. Thanks for listening to the PGP. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.